Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hello and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. On this episode... Mickey Willardin. You know, like we are hoodwinked when it comes to nutrition. There are so many things that people believe as truisms, which are just not true. What do you mean? Can you give us like a like an easy example? Yeah, like red meat is bad for you. Right, right. Like we should be eating five plus breads and cereals a day. We should all be having trim milk. Saturated fat causes heart disease. You may already be a fan of Mickey, or you may be hearing her name for the first time, but let me give her a brief introduction. Mickey is a badass runner. She's run a two-hour 55 marathon. She is also one of the most respected nutritionists in the country, with a PhD in food and nutrition as a souvenir of her nine years of study. Nine years. Mickey literally spent about the same time at uni as what I spent in school. She's now turned herself into a brand and has a huge online community and her own podcast, Mickeypedia. The objective of this episode was to introduce you guys to Mickey and her work, or allow followers of Mickey to learn more about the person behind the food facts. In the first half, we get to know Mickey, then we get into a bit of a QA and a about soft drinks, supplements, and all things food. Also in this episode, Mickey and I take some of your questions from Instagram, and we share our love of a supplement called Currens for muscle recovery. Currens is spelled C-U-R-R-A-N-Z. And in this episode, Mickey shared her discount code. So if you're keen to use it after listening to it, go to currens.co.nz and use the discount code Mickey, M-I-K-K-I, and you'll save 25% on your first order. All right, let's get into it. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harvey. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming up. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Hardy. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Hardy. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and the Queen, the nutrition queen, <laughs> Mickey Willardin. G'day. Dom, thanks so much for having me. It's great. This Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time we've met IRL? Absolutely, IRL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah with comms, you've been on my podcast, but that was obviously <laughs> over the interwebs. So yeah, this is the first time in the Dom Harvey studio. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you mentioned I've been on your podcast. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with that, by the way, it's called Wikipedia. It's, it's a great name. I'm just a big fan of like wordplay and almost yeah. like a dad joke in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you, you've been, and the podcast came for a long time, right? When did you, how long have you been doing Wikipedia? Well, Wikipedia is... Just on two years. Wow. So uh, during the first sort of second part of 2020 with the lockdown and stuff, funny how we now will always refer back to this time as like pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic yeah, post-pandemic. 
Um, it's a timestamp for everyone, I think. It is, eh? So usually when I listen to your podcast, it's like useful nutritional tips for people. People froth over that. But there's probably a lot of Mickey Willard and fans that don't actually know like a lot about the, the backstory. Oh, yeah. So I thought I thought we could get into that. Yep. And then um, in the second half of the, the later part of this podcast, um, I've got some questions and we can talk nutrition and stuff like that. Awesome. Sounds great. So who are you? Where, where are you from? You're from Dunedin, right? Yep. From Dunedin. Born and bred. I uh, born 4th of July 1977, which is only worth mentioning because I'm a twin and it's also Four Square's birthday. And my mum got like, she won a competition and got 720 cans of baby food and nappies <laughs> and, a, and a dryer, which was amazing. Um, so anyway, yeah. So, so why 720? That's a random number. I, isn't it like, no, no. I like something 365 plus 365 is enough for. Yeah, a year's worth. Right. Yeah, okay. there you go, for two of us. Yeah. So your twin yeah. brother or sister? Twin sister. Identical? Nah, very different. Right, Yeah, right. very different. Uh, so I grew up in Ravensbourne, and it was a bit of, it was the place, love Ravy, but it was <laughs> sort of one of those, um, that's where all the young parents went, because it was cheap to live, et cetera, et cetera. Grew up in Dunedin, I studied, in, I went to Logan Park, studied at Otago University, uh, so I studied a BSc in science, in human nutrition, and also phys ed as well. When you were studying in Dunedin, were you um, living at home or did you get the uh, the full Dunedin student experience? Half and half. So I moved out when I was 18, uh, but lived with my boyfriend because that's what, you know, bogan couples do when they're teenagers. <laughs> well, were you a bogan, were you? I was what from Ravensbourne, what total it, bogan. What, what's, what is, I, I, I don't know the um, the suburbs of um, Dunedin that well. What, yeah. is that, uh, why, why were you a bogan? I... Uh, Literally because it was a bit of a bogan suburb, you know, and my brother was a bogan, my sister was a bogan. It was sort of like, it was genetic. Right, it it right. runs in my bloodline. Uh, so, uh, so, you never had a chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so, but it was only, I started, so I moved out when I was 18, but I got a, um, I got into phys ed in my third year of uni. And I think that's when I really started ha having that sort of, uh, more classic university experience. I didn't burn couches, though, because I am a bit of a geek. So it's sort of like... <laughs> You're the worst bogan ever. I know. You're like a fake bogan. I know. A fogan. I, I was a, I was a bogan. <laughs> funny story. Well, actually, I thought it was funny. In that year, we did go to a bogan party where you had to dress up as a bogan. And, <laughs> you just wore uh, your own clothes. <laughs> well, it, we dressed up as bogans by, so, because by that time I had sort of, you know... Refined. My identity. Yeah, exactly. Um Went to this party. We were one of about the couple of us, and we were one of about six people who we appeared to be dressed up as bogans. And we we're like, "Oh, it's a bit stink." Next day, saw those other people still wearing bogan outfits. They were clearly just bogans at the party, <laughs> <laughs> and we were the only ones that were dressed up. Quite funny, but anyway. So yeah, I did have that sort of um, experience as a student, but as a geek, I never then went on and went to do an OE or or didn't go to London like everyone seemed to. Um, I stayed on and did my masters in nutrition, but then was super unhappy and thought I sort of stuck it out for 18 months and then went, oh no, I think I'm going to have to quit this. Mm. Um, interesting though, when I chatted to my advisor at the time, amazing man, Professor Jim Mann, in fact, and, uh, and he said, Mickey, no one ever quits a PhD. And then I leave and then I realise that 50% of people quit their PhDs. What was he on about then? Oh, he had no idea. Or, or he was using some sort of reverse Rever psychology okay. type, you know, but, I, uh, but happily made that decision 
And that I think I might have been about 24 at the time and then had to find a job. So I found a was job. It, was that a, so we, what, what year are we talking now? Was, was nutrition a big thing then? Or it feels like it's exploded in the last decade or so. But Yeah, I feel it has exploded. It wasn't a big thing necessarily. I mean, you had your Nicky Hart's. Uh, there was Nicky Hart, Ian Hellerman's, and Dr. Cliff Harvey. And I well, think like literally three. <laughs> the, the three that are top of mind, you know? Yeah. You've got to have the market covered. I know, Now right? it's saturated. I, it's totally – in fact, like I was <laughs> even on Instagram yesterday and I come across this guy in New Zealand who has got like a gazillion followers. Never heard of him yet. A nutritionist, so you're absolutely right. It's, it's- I probably bought them, bought some bots <laughs> from India or yeah, whatever. Maybe, so, maybe. so now you, you and I are similar sort of age. So, what what was your like food like growing up in a I suppose average ordinary middle class Dunedin household? Were you like lunch and sandwiches on white bread and jelly crystal sandwiches on a treat day? Oh yeah, <laughs> great question. So it wasn't luncheon for us; it was Belgium. What's Belgium? It's actually luncheon, but. For whatever reason, we called it Belgium. Belgium and tomato sauce sandwiches. Right. Yum, you did have that. Yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Like, by the time lunch rolls around, that, that, uh, that tomato sauce, oh, it's a soggy mess. It really is. However, what I used to do, we didn't get the treat <laughs> jelly crystals, but I had a friend who had chocolate chip sandwiches. So her parents were from Holland, and that she had them every day. And for whatever reason, she hated them, so we used to swap. But no, my food was very standard kiwi. It was wheat bix or porridge, margarine because it was cheaper than butter. We had Bornvita and not Milo. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was actually interested in cooking, and, and my mum was a terrible cook. Interesting though, Dom, so I sort of came to running as a probably a – third former. What I used to, I remember by the time I was 17 or 18, it was just really dad and me at home. Everyone else had moved out and my parents had split um, and my sister was 50-50, my young sister. And I would, what, what do you mean she was 50-50? With mum and with dad. Oh, okay. And were you, were you solely with? Dad, yeah. Right. Yeah, Why is yeah. that? Well, my mum, interested, so she, her, my parents split up, but she didn't say this at the time. She was just like, oh, I'm going to go look after this. Because she was worked at a rest home, at an, in a war veteran's home. And she became close to, and he became like our granddad, this, this gentleman. He was lovely. And he wanted to move out of the war veteran's home. So she said, I'm going to look after Dusty full time. So I'm leaving home, basically. No, that was when I was 17. Do you think your parents like, sort of waited? Do you think yeah, good were... question. I think, I wonder how many parents do, you know, I think that, they probably separated in their heads well before mm. what they actually separated, you know. I mean, they were working shift work. Dad was early. Mum was late. Was that kind of... Yeah, ships uh, in the night. Absolutely. So um, they still got on fine, mm. but we're living quite separate lives, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I bring that up because it was a similar thing for, for mine. So I'm one of one of four. I'm the second from oldest. And uh, mum and dad like, like, hated each other. It was a really unhealthy relationship. There was a yeah. lot of fighting in our house, yeah. a lot of shouting. And you grow up thinking that's sort of a normal relationship. And then when you when you grow up and develop your own, you realise, huh, you can actually have a relationship. You know. um, but mum, <laughs> mum said for years and years and years, as soon as Charlotte's old enough, I'm leaving your father. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're like, okay, whatever. And then sure enough, when Charlotte was old enough, mum and dad broke up. No, interesting. See, there was no declaration like that. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't. I mean, there was the time that uh, my 
dad left mum in Timaru um, on our way back from Blenheim when we were young, like they'd just had an argument or a fight or whatever. I mean, he picked her up about 200 metres along the road. That is a weak protest. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But um, so it was, it, it wasn't a surprise, but it sort of was at the same time. Mm. And, um, and for a while, I I had I, I felt like Mum had sort of abandoned us, to be honest. And so, but I'd always been as well, um, my dad's girl. You know, like a lot of like my right. my siblings were much more sort of like my mum. And Mum and I, I mean, we absolutely love each other, but we are alike in ways which make us sort of but here's, friction. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas Dad and I are just sort of alike, and yeah. it's much more easier. Yeah, but um, in terms of food, like we used to do on a Saturday night, it was very, I'd go out for a bike ride of about 20 kilometres and then I'd come in and we would literally split, you know, those 500 gram packet of spaghettis? We would, oh, yeah, one of the long, one yeah, of the long yeah, ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. stay them raw sometimes? Oh, no, that was two-minute noodles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was an easy lunch as a uh, teenager. <laughs> yeah. um, we would split, we'd have half each. Like a whole packet, but also we'd get one of those French rolls from the supermarket and have garlic bread, and we'd have half of that each. How do you fit that much food in? I do not know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds know. delicious. Though. It, it actually was. Like I'm thinking about it now, and it is taking me right back to being like 17. Yeah. How are, you, how are your parents now? They're living separate lives, but they still get on okay. They are like best mates. Oh, I love that. I know. So lucky. Like my mum has had. Um, another husband and now she has a companion would you call it uh and my dad just has happily sort of gone gone on that you know sort of as a, as a single man uh but they're everyone's in Dunedin and we all they always get together for sort of family get togethers every fortnight and oh that's so cool yeah they always look out for each other which yeah. is lovely so yeah. I, I had um, uh, Nikki Kay on the podcast recently, the former uh, deputy yes. leader of the National Party, and her, her parents broke up when they was when she was seven. She said they've maybe spoken two or three times since then. Do you know, Tom? I have friends in similar situations who have parents who just have this absolute hatred for each other, and it's caused so much family friction. Mm. Um, and for the children, well, they, I suppose the kids feel like they can't say. They can't say anything positive about the other parent, or they they just want to avoid it altogether because I know. And then also, you hear the stories of the the parents who try and pit their children against each other as well. And it's sort of it's I mean, it only ever ends one way, and that's that the children then feel resentful to the parent who tried to you know badmouth the other one. You know, like it, yeah. it just never. It's just all this bad energy. Yeah, life's too short for that, eh? Oh, mate, yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So why did you decide to do nutrition? Yeah, so I was always interested from a, a sort of teenage years, and I guess because I was a chubby teenager growing up, I was a bit – so my mum was very similar. Yeah, yeah. Although that's handy in Dunedin winters, isn't it, to have a couple of extra <laughs> yeah. layers? Oh, yeah, particularly with no insulation in the houses. Totally. Oh, yeah. Mate. Um, so, so I was – yeah, and I was not interested in, in activity at all. We would always go on diets, and so I, be, I was very – Really? What much, age? Uh, 12 and 13 probably was, was sort of the younger – Shit, 12, 13 is alarming, though, eh? Is it? Well, it didn't feel it at the time. No, when is it, was your mum a yo-yo dieter? Or? Oh, completely. Oh, okay, Yeah, gotcha. yeah, completely. Yep. Um, although, actually, looking back at photos, she was never 
overly large. Like, isn't that interesting? Like mm. at the time, we were both like, oh, we're so chubby. And because my sister, meanwhile, was very, she was like a little weed growing up and she was into rugby and she had a milk run and I did just have a pamphlet run. Um, so <laughs> Don't downplay it. You know, it was great, but, you know, different. You've said you're, you're a geek, but you've also said you're a bogan. Did you, I think this is the true test, did you ever dump the pamphlets? <laughs> no, but my brother did. I was too scared because I was a geek. You're definitely more 51% geek, yeah. 49% bogan. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm sort of like on the cusp. You've really turned yourself into a brand. Like you've done fucking well. Like you've got a good amount of Instagram followers, podcast is humming, you're well-respected, well-liked. So things that you do like selling your diet plans and uh, your meal plans and things like that, yeah. is it rewarding financially? Yeah, it is. It is rewarding and it has... And part of it is because I think I've... Well, you deserve it. Oh, well, thank you. But no no more than anyone else would, would deserve if they work hard in a, in a job that they... You know, Nine years put. of study. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, suddenly your meal plans are looking very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like a lot of the, the stuff that I know that everyone should know. Yeah. You know, like we are hoodwinked when it comes to nutrition. Like there are so many things that people believe as truisms, which are just not true. What do you mean? Can you give us like a like an easy example? Yeah, like red meat is bad for you. Right, right. Like we should be eating five plus breads and cereals a day. That we should all be having trim milk. Saturated fat causes heart disease. Now I'm not saying that as a particular statement, if you look at an individual case, that this might not be true. I suppose these are these are big things which on a population basis are actually not true when you dig down a, sort of a little deeper. Mm. So I just feel really fortunate that there are also things that I do that people also want to pay for. By the way, now's probably a great time to get a plug in. Like what's your what's your website or where do people like learn more about you and learn learn more about these plans if they want to buy in? Instagram I'm most active on at Mickey Willardin. Also of course I'm on Facebook as well. And my website is Mickeywillardin.com. And that's where you can do a one-on-one consult. We can book a call, book a plan. You can just purchase a one-off plan. You can hook into one of my online plans. And in fact, what I had, I did develop in May of last year, which I'm building now, which which just excites me so much, is my Mondays Matter plan. So it's a fat loss plan. Uh, but it's more than that, actually. It's like a program of sort of education it's there's a lot of psychology. There is information on movement. I bring people in to sort of chat to the group about different aspects of lifestyle that are important. Because Dom, like it's it's eight weeks, but you can never transform someone someone physically in eight weeks. But you can certainly transform the way they think about food and how mm. they feel about it, and how they feel about themselves. And um, there's a really great Facebook community that comes with, with the plan. Yeah, well, it's a massive community that you formed, isn't it? And you must be so proud of that. I, I am. And, yeah. and it's, and it's you know, I am one small element of it. It's the, the people that are in the community are what make the community. And yeah. that's what I love so much. It's like you and your podcast, you know, like you've gone from DJ to Dom Harvey 
and and your like thousands of followers who absolutely love you and what you do. So Ooh, it's terrifying though at the beginning, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, I'm still learning, like, learning so much, and it's overwhelming at times. Yeah. Um, but I'm loving I'm loving the journey I'm on. It's great. Yeah, awesome. So um, so what was your diet like um, at university? Because I'm guessing like most most people that go to say Otago University, for example, it's their first experience being away from home. They probably eat shit. You're starting university, but you're doing a nutrition paper. Yeah. Um, at what point do you realize, oh, shit, this is terrible what we're doing every weekend? Yes. Yeah, so great question. So because of my Weight Watchers background, I didn't eat a lot of junk food except in the weekend. And in fact, um, I mentioned that I um, was a complete bogan, moved in with my boyfriend, and we would have this like plan of like Monday to Friday, we'd just eat what we would term well, which is just no junk food really. But it was, looking back, it was Way too much. Like I had like, you know, toasty, I had uh, baked bean toasty pies, very low fat, but I would have four of them. Uh, oh, way too much as in portion size. Yeah, portion yeah, size. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. Like really sort of like <laughs> More calorie than what you Totally. Um, and then, but come the weekend, we would just like have be complete junk food fiends because we'd have the weekend <laughs> off. You know, that's standard approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I went into uh, nutrition in my sort of fourth year, I'd, I'd, that had changed somewhat. And in fact, for a good couple of years, I completely was um, went the opposite direction. So I, was, I had lost like 15 kilos and was too skinny and was too obsessed with eating very little. So it always, like many people, it sort of swung in roundabouts, if you like. And it probably took me a good um, five or seven years to reconnect with what was good for me, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, to reach a balance where it's, been balanced. Are you good? Are you good now? Like I, I, I follow you online, and I, I see what you're doing. And I've seen some interviews with you where you talk about what you're eating, and you almost seem like um a little bit of a like a badass or renegade when it comes to nutritionists. Like you're not like a you're not like a massive massive punisher. Like you still drink wine, mm. you still like chocolate and some junk food. Yeah, like you don't completely deprive yourself of all life's joys. <laughs> <laughs> that is, and that life's joys, absolutely. No, I have reached a, a, a good balance now, you know, and, and part of it is Barry, so husband, um, because he – and I think when, when you are – Solely focused on uh, if you're single, like I was single for a good nine years. You know, were you through your twenties, thirties? Ah, thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you by choice or well, just busy focusing on no, your own work? No, no, more that like I'd split from my long term boyfriend, lovely, lovely guy. And how long were you guys together? We for about nine years, right. probably. So through the twenties. How, how did you? How did you not end up getting married? Did, uh, proposal never came up, or? Well, there you go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and oh, fact, did you get sick of waiting? No, well, no, no, no. no, it was more like um, I think we both like really loved each other, but we were both we're just different people, you know. And in your twenties, you sort of either grow together, I think, or you might, you know, because you're still developing as an adult. Mm. And and I think we just sort of probably stayed together, maybe a bit too long, uh, um, like convenience. Or do you think you, you both knew that it wasn't going to be forever, but it was just? Well, no, I think we were both happy enough, sort of coasting along, and yeah. then suddenly I wasn't happy coasting along and you sort of want direction and and there was none sort of um offered so i'm like well if this isn't going anywhere then what are we even doing and so um was was part of that um because at that time this might be really invasive um but it was part of it at that time in that age um like worry about your biological clock and 
Oh, yeah. The fear of that? I, I, I know no. that's a thing for it. No? Yeah, no, more that everyone else around us was getting engaged and married and there right. was still we were still like renting an apartment in um, Ponsonby just sort of living like you would when you were 25 but we yeah. were like 31, you know. And I know that might not seem different in age but at that age it, it is quite different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then I spent um, a good sort of seven or eight years single and not by – I mean, I of course had a, a smattering of, of boyfriends, but never any that really I was interested in enough to, you know, they, yeah. they, they all just fizzled, basically. Um, and then met Barry um, through, you know, modern technology. Oh, did you? What you have? Oh, find it. Find someone. Find someone. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was great. What, what was, um, who, who, like, who, I don't know how find someone works. Who clicked on who? How do you know? How find someone works? I don't know. I've never never sort of experienced um, ah. when. Cause, well, I mean, I, I was married to JJ, and then um, like Tinder came along. So a lot of my friends were on Tinder, and I'd have a play around swiping on their phones, <laughs> thinking, yeah. "Fuck, if I was single, I'd be caning it out there." <laughs> um, and then uh, JJ and I we, we, we broke up, and I thought, "I'm going to try this Tinder thing." And I, I set up um, a profile, and I was on it for like ten minutes, and then I thought, "This just isn't for me." Like I was. Like swiping through women going, nah, 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 nah. And then I thought, oh shit, there's women out there that are going to be doing exactly the same thing to me, which is just soul destroying. Actually, you know, it's so, (laughs) so, I agree with you actually. Like the the feeling you get when you're doing something like find someone or Tinder, it's in part it can be sort of exciting, like the way that you've just described, (laughs) but also you get this sort of feeling in the pit of your stomach. You're like, oh my God, is this, is this what I'm, I've been, um, is this what, this has come to, you <laughs> it's know, like, really like, like window like, shopping. Yeah, totally. But um, so Baz and I met initially on Find Someone in 2014. I met him up at. I'm sure he won't mind me telling the story um, or whatever. But we met up in um, you know that funny old bar on Dewoice Road. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one that I could remember. I could think of to sort of meet him at because he lived in Howick, and I had my wine and I um, sat down and then he came in and grabbed a wine. So I immediately went, oh, this guy gets wine. Um, he's a massive, he loves craft beer, but, you know, he, he got a wine, he sat down and he started talking and I'm like, oh, it's like I'm talking to someone from Coronation Street. Um, <laughs> was he very English? Yeah, he's English, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But we just got on great. But at that time I was living in Birkdale and he was out in Howick and I think it was more me than him because I was like, I don't know, he's a nurse. He's got kids. He lives in Howick. Like all of these barriers. Because I'd been to Howick twice and cried both times because I couldn't get out. Like didn't love the suburb. Um, and it was like on brief meetings. So I'm like, how am I going to handle having a you know a boyfriend out there? Mm. Um, so <laughs> after about six weeks, I Pedro was cheap back then. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But have you ever been out east? Like it's just it's like you're going to Hamilton. You know. Yeah, it's a long way. It is. Uh, so um, I called it quits after about six weeks. Um, But I had always sort of subsequent, and there was no reason, and then subsequent to that... Were you just busy, you think, creating what you have now? No. Was that part of it, that you just had that single-minded focus? No. No, I think what it was, I was frightened to, because I wasn't sure that it was going to go anywhere, and I wasn't, like I'd seen lots of friends just stay in relationships for too long because they were scared to be single. Yeah, and I, su- I suppose you'd already been through that in your 20s with that other long relationship you had. Yeah. So and do I you think subconsciously you're like, I'm not going to do that again? I think so. Because that yeah. would always my, been my, my thing was like, well, there's no point just I'm not going to um, pursue something that doesn't feel really 
real. Yeah. So there's no point. But we sort of kept in contact for, you know, um, just over a, a random text or whatever. And I was thinking, oh, he's a nice guy. It's a shame it didn't work out. Because uh, <laughs> I was yeah, basically. closer to the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but then I moved to Dunedin for about um, nine months in 2016. And then realised Dunedin is not the place for a single girl in her late 20s. <laughs> so... <laughs> The hightail back to Auckland, and then, um, and then I was back on t- Tinder, and then so was Barry, and but I didn't know this at the time until he sent me a message saying, "Mickey, I super liked you on Tinder because apparently that's what you do when you know someone." Um, and you know, prior to this, we'd had a couple of messages, you know, maybe six or seven months earlier, and I was like, "Ah!" And I went back on Tinder and I saw the picture that he had had up. Terrible picture. And I'm like, this is great. He's no one is gonna swipe on this guy because this is the worst picture I've ever seen of you. Um, and so I just said, hey, shall we catch up for a drink? Within two minutes of just chatting to him, I'm like, oh no, this is this is just, it. Well, it just felt comfortable, or it just I, I don't know. It just felt right. I'm mm. like, oh, this is cool. He is cool. And then he had the Tarawera. He was pacing a mate of his. Jeez, has he always been into running? Yeah. Why did you break up with him in the first place? It I seems know. like you guys are destined to be together. I know, I know, but it was my head. Right, yeah, right. You've got to be in the right headspace, right? And so he's like, look, I'm going down to Tarawera. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, I've got nothing to lose. So I did. And then, yeah, then that was it. So we've been together since 2017, married in 2020. Yeah. Mm. So I think that he really has helped me relax around – the things that you say, you know, the joys in life. Like it actually, you know, I love craft beer. Like I will go and sit in a brewery and have a tasting paddle. And it, like I'm not a big drinker per se, but I will probably have a drink four nights of the week, which might be more than what I suggest you might drink or clients of mine might drink. A drink four nights a week. Do you mean a drink? Because when, when I say to my doctor, I, I drink. <laughs> <laughs> I never mean I drink. No, I know, yeah. No, generally speak, like like one one to three, but if I have three, that would be a big night. Yeah, right, And it, right. Would, it would be once in um, one or two weeks, you know, yeah. so I'm not a – I'm not, not a booze hack. No. And yeah. I actually, I think I'm really lucky like that because I never went through university having the Thursday, Friday, Saturday night on the booze type scenario like I I mean of course I had some big nights but I've got this real internal thing which means that as soon as I know I've had enough like it just is so unappealing to drink anymore Mm. and also I have my non-negotiables and this is what I say to clients as well is that you know when you're drinking often there are drinks you just really enjoy and then sometimes you just drink for the sake of it yeah even within the same evening so I love having a drink before dinner and I'm 50-50 on whether or not I love it with dinner. I'm so not interested in drinking after dinner. Whereas I know for other people, they love having dinner, then sitting down with wine. So it's a matter of figuring out what your non-negotiables are. Because you can't just uh, go through life always denying and depriving themselves of what they truly love. And I'm not suggesting everyone should drink, but you've got to figure out what it is that you really love in terms mm. of food and drink and then find a way to make it work. Yeah. Well, it seems like you've got a healthy relationship with alcohol then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We're very lucky that we've got little creatures just down the road. I love Garage Project. In fact, I think they send me personal messages every week. (laughs) (laughs) That that does sound like an alarm bell if someone's got an alcohol problem. (laughs) I know. Actually, Baz is like, mate. You don't have to buy every time they send you an email, and then when you do buy, you don't have to buy six of them. And you you mentioned before you love like a like a like a fat chip. 
Oh yeah. A big like how many like a like a bowl. Yeah, I like just with beer. Yeah, I like I love to share. So when Baz and I, so Thursday nights, we're down at Little Creatures. We enjoy a glass of wine or a beer, and we have the Makiki fries. Do you do you get people that um they see you eating eating or drinking and they recognise you and they're like yes oh, oh, oh bloody uh, Mickey the nutritionist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a nutritionist, you always get the people who are self conscious around around you about what they eat, or they will comment on what you eat as you've just sort of said, or actually they, they don't care, whatever. But it's funny because I always, I sort of preface it by saying, hey, unless you're paying me, I don't care what you eat. So mm. don't even worry. But it always, it, it sort of grates on me a little bit when people are like, oh, the, the hilarious ones are like when you have a salad and they're like, oh, that looks healthy. <laughs> it is Hello, it is. it is healthy. Yeah, and it's, you know, but everyone's different as to, the amount of, you know, things that they can include and continue to be healthy. Yeah. And that's what I always strive for with my clients. Like it's not um, maximum deprivation. It's about, it's almost minimum effective dose. What can you get away with? Mm -hmm. But when people get fundamentals right, they figure out or we figure out together that they can probably get away with a lot more than what they think if they do some key things right. Yeah. And it's then just figuring out what that looks like. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In their life. Yeah, so I guess um, now we can give us some... Maybe some questions about just general, just the stuff that you spent nine years studying so we can yeah. learn from you. And I, I put this on Instagram. I got a bunch of questions. My big thing would be like, say someone comes to you and they want to lose weight, which mm. basically means in brackets, a diet. Yeah. How does someone lose weight fast before then going onto like a healthy, sustainable, you know, lifelong plan? Great question, Dom. Is so it? Yeah. yeah. So fast weight loss is often looked on as being detrimental for a host of reasons. But actually, if you look at research around it, it can be as effective and might almost be more sustainable than a slow, steady drop because people get those quick wins and are quite motivated. I think it always has to be couched in education or a plan which allows you tools that show you how to eat in that sort of forever Mm -hmm. approach. That's how I sort of do it. So if someone comes to me for weight loss, it's figuring out whether – they need or can sustain like a a quite a big overhaul for a short period of time, or whether or not they do need to make small changes. So a, a big overhaul for a period of time. What would that? How drastic is it? Yeah, usually it will be more protein and more vegetables, less carbs, and for some people it's eating more food. Because so okay, so so just like pluck an average day. Say what would breakfast, morning snack, lunch? Um, usually there would be no snacks. Unless, oh, you bitch. I know, I know. Unless, of course, you're an active person. Yeah. Then maybe you do need to eat four times a day, right? But you probably don't need to have your toast and jam before your run. You don't need to come back to scrambled eggs and toast and two milky coffees 
and then a muffin and then sushi and then some protein bar and then, you know, continue. So it's it's usually going to look like a lot of the meals I suggest to people are very similar depending on what they like. Uh, it might be two eggs and a protein shake. And the protein shake might have some vegetables included. It doesn't have a lot of fruit in there. You Why? Because of the sugar? Yeah. I say that, but it does depend. Like if you've gone out for a run, then yes, absolutely have carbohydrate in your meal when you come back because that'll help your muscles replenish, right? But if you haven't, then actually that sugar in fruit or cereal or toast, when I say sugar, I mean sort of more carbohydrate that is broken down into sugar, mm. that'll just spike your blood glucose and that will then subsequently lead to a crash later on in the morning. So your 10 a.m. snack is sort of governed a little bit by the fact that your blood sugars have crashed and not necessarily that you need calories. So we always sort of start with good protein and um, a bit of fat and fiber, like vegetable fiber usually. And I have like breakfast bakes that I suggest people make. I have like protein smoothie bowls because I, I love a, the convenience of protein powder and a shake type thing. Yeah. But texture is, is really important. So you chew something so your brain gets that signal that you've eaten something. So I like to have like a smoothie bowl that has a bunch of other sort of like might have zucchini if they're not $18 a kilo or it might have carrot or pumpkin or something like that in it or cauliflower. Oh, that sounds disgusting. You, have you tried it, Dom? <laughs> no, no, I haven't, I, oh, I haven't tried it. You should. I should challenge you to a week of Mickey eating. Yeah, all right. I'd, yeah. I'd give it a go, yeah. Okay, awesome. There is that saying, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, that's it's 100% true. And, in fact, when I sort of talk people through the, the, the type of dietary approach, the response is not too dissimilar to yours. Mm. But all it takes is to try it to see how different you can feel. So then lunch would be, um, it, it's nothing, it's not rocket science. I'm sure you could probably tell me what lunch is, like salad, protein, maybe a piece of fruit, maybe not. When you say protein, what do you mean? You'd want either uh, chicken or beef or pork or lamb or eggs, and you'd want a good sort of 150 grams cooked right. of those particular foods or three eggs. It's because of the protein quantity and quality that you get in those foods. So, but you know, 130 grams of chicken is about 40 grams of protein. Okay. And as we age, Dom, our brain, like we start to need more protein at each meal to get the signal that we've got enough of those amino acids on board to help stimulate muscle protein synthesis okay. and to produce neurotransmitters and right. a whole host of things. So protein and vegetables would be my sort of lunch go-to. And most people would, would probably um, understand why that is. And then um, dinner wouldn't be too different, to be honest. Uh, I generally advocate a lower carb approach for most people mm-hmm. because that's because most people default back to carbs because they're really convenient. So it takes work to do things differently. But also, you know, you have to recognise that it's what you do typically that makes a difference. It's, yeah, what you do most of the time. Of yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. when you know, so yeah, I have chips and I drink beer and I enjoy chocolate and things like that. But you know, eighty percent of the time, I'm eating the way that I've sort of just mm-hmm. described to you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's good. So you do a drastic diet like that for a while, and then you can resume a slightly more normal one. Well, okay. So and that's what's got to change as well. So it's the mindset because you've just said that that's a drastic diet. 
<laughs> and actually, no, Dom, that's not a drastic diet. I feel like I'm being told off right now. <laughs> I know, that's that, that's that like 10 years of being a lecturer. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> but, deserved. But, but, you, but you, you, you get that the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so all the while, so it's more than just the diet. And this is what I do with the clients is actually it's a mindset shift. And you've got to think about why you're doing it. And the great thing is, though, is that when you eat the way that I describe, suddenly you don't feel like you need a snack. I mean, you could eat, but you're no longer desperate for it because your mm. blood sugars have just crashed. Your recovery from training is so much better because you've upped your protein significantly. You're, um, you feel more satisfied with your food. And, but you do have to do things to make it tasty. Because all of the processed food in the supermarket, you know, they've got um, uh, people designing the flavour. I can't remember what they call those people, but they get paid millions of dollars to create the exact flavour and texture that mm. signals to your brain that you just want more of it. Yeah, I think flavour flavours, uh, what they call them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you <laughs> no. go. That's it. <laughs> now, one thing that we um, we didn't really discuss is your like your running pedigree. You're a bloody good runner. Like you, you're 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 faster than what I I'll ever be. And you've done you've got a number of marathons under your belt. How many sub threes did you do? Oh, I've only done two. Two. Yeah, Sydney and Auckland. Oh, yeah. just the one. I'm one and done, baby. Oh, yeah, but I think your sub three was better than mine. No, it? I did a 257. Oh, okay. So but anyway, right. comparison is the theft of joy. <laughs> <laughs> we're both getting our ass kicked by Kipchoge. Yeah, we are. You're right. But, yeah, but, yeah. but you, you, my point is, um, going to this next question, like you're a very good runner, so it's not yeah. like you're just giving barking out advice from nine years of study. You've actually been out there on the on the footpath and on the road. So for runners, like, what should we be eating for training? Yeah. What should we be eating before a race? Because similar age to you, my yeah. mum was running in the 1980s, and it was all pasta parties. Totally. They'd have a pasta party the night before the running yeah. event, and the idea was you'd pay five bucks, ten bucks, whatever, go along and eat as much pasta as you could. Oh, mate, yeah. I, t- I mean, yum, sort of. But, yeah. But yeah, not, bulk not, pasta. Yeah. It was funny, actually. So for the Rotorua Marathon, um, which was my first uh, sort of uh, good result at a marathon. It wasn't a sub three actually, but it did win on the day. Um, the guy, one of the guys that I was at that um, I was traveling down with, he was also, he'd started carbo loading five days beforehand and gained five kilos. So on the Saturday of the event, was, I mean, that's not helpful, is it? So, so I think. How, how many kilos of pasta do you have to eat to gain five kilos of actual body weight? Quite a lot, quite a lot. But I think, I think my point is, is that um, some of the messages around things like what nutrients are really important are often misconstrued by runners. Like some of that sort of 1980s sports nutrition dogma is, still exists today. Mm, mm. And I'm not saying that carbs aren't important. Because they are. But it's just that, again, protein is the thing, which a lot of people are not eating enough. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Of. And even those that are cognizant that they need to eat more probably still aren't eating enough. Yeah. So for a runner, I mean, if you think about all of the micro tears that occur, even when you're on an easy jog, you need to have the nutrition on board to support the recovery and repair there. And that's not carbohydrate. Carbohydrate is used as energy. It is protein that you need for that. So um, for things, so depending on the goal in the session, 
Like, and the so with the goal, the shorter the distance, the more important it is to support your training with carbohydrate. That's for sure. So, how much how much do you think um, diet had to do in you being the good runner that you that you are that you were that you are? Ah, oh. like a, a two fifty five. That's um that's phenomenal. Oh, that'd thank put, you. That'd, like, that'd put you in the top top one percent of. Female runners? Oh, amazing. I should look at that, yeah. actually. I, I, um, I'm, I'm guessing, but I reckon it would. It's bloody <laughs> um, quick. It is quick. But, oh, look, I don't doubt that nutrition um, plays a – nutrition absolutely plays a role, right? I think that training is probably – if I had – if someone had put a knife to my head and, uh, and said, you know – what is it? Not a knife, a gun. Is it training or is it nutrition? I mean, it's a training. Knife, you know. knife or a gun. Yeah, both yeah, very, very intimidating both. things to Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Um, okay, so for you, the morning of um, like a big long training run or yeah. a marathon event, what would you be What would you be eating and how many hours beforehand? Yeah, cool. So um, for a, so I'm getting up and doing a 26K run tomorrow morning with a bit of marathon effort. So I will, in fact, have ketones. So do you, have you tried ketones, Dom? Ketones. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Oh, mate, I should give you some. Um, are you running yet? No, I've got a bad knee. We're going to be talking about that shortly. Is okay. there anything I should be eating to fix my knee? Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, ketones are a type of supplement. So it's sort of like a carbohydrate gel, but in fact it's fat. So I'll have some uh, ketone sachet, and then I'll also have MCT powder in my coffee. MCT, what does that stand for? Medium chain triglyceride. Right. Have you heard of bulletproof coffee? Oh, I know. I'm, yeah, so I have. Sorry. How, I, I'm sorry. How do you remember all these things? <laughs> Cheapest. It's in my brain. <laughs> uh, it's because I don't remember other really important things, <laughs> like Barry's birthday. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's Barry? Uh, so MCTs are a type of fat that your body can't store, and so it's a readily available fuel source. So that'll be what I have before I go out on my run, and then come race day, I will again have ketones with the MCT. And you know, probably chuck uh, like a banana or something. Right. Just for something in my stomach, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then what about during the event? I, I fucking hate gels. I've, I, there, there's, um, some, there's a company called Pure that do some, which I find a, you're, you're shaking your head. Oh, I know, because I know that people love them. Yeah. Great. And, and they're great. Yeah. I don't particularly love them myself. Just a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like You Can. What's that? Uh, it is, it's a carbohydrate gel. And again, Dom, if you haven't tried these... You need to be... I need to get out a bit more. Yeah, you do, mate. You just need better nutrition. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, but they're a type of carb which is um, very quickly sort of um, digested uh, out of your or into your stomach, out of your stomach, and then it's released slowly from the small intestine. And you need less of them than you would of your usual sort of goo-type gels or um, other brand gels. Right. And so that's what I have during my, my event, and, and I'll do it tomorrow as well. This might be um, a terrible analogy, um, and tell me if it is. What the average runner is doing versus what you're doing, is that like the difference between, say, putting 91 in your car versus the more expensive sort of petrol? <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad analogy, to be honest. Yes! Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not saying that what people are doing is are wrong, but we're missing, a lot of people miss that fundamental piece of the puzzle, is that your carbohydrate stores are your limiting factor mm. in the longer events. Uh, and look, we need carbohydrate for anything shorter than a marathon. And of course, longer as well, but we can then rely on um, other things sort of the longer you go. For really good sort of endurance adaptations, your body needs to have a period of time where it can encourage fat burning and rely more on what it's got sort of stored 
and less on what you're putting in it. Because the more right. you rely on those gels every 45 minutes, the less opportunity you've got to use your own sort of fuel stores. Yeah. And look, a lot of people happen upon running and find and expect to improve their body composition, lose body fat, and end up gaining weight and they wonder why. And often it's the fueling aspect of it. Is that the um, the saying, you can't run away from a bad diet? <laughs> you can't outrun you know, a bad you diet. You can't outrun a bad diet. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've got this knee injury at the moment, and I'm rehabbing hard out. It's mm. it's made me realise, um, and I suppose this is a positive, it's made me realise how I've taken for granted running pain-free for so many years. Yeah. So when I'm back running again, I'm going to definitely not neglect the things I've been neglecting, like strength training and whatnot. Yeah, nice. But is there anything I should be eating or doing to, yeah. um, first of all, help myself recover and then make sure it doesn't happen again? From a nutrient macro standpoint, definitely looking at your protein, Dom, that would first and foremost, because you need that, the building blocks to help restore your you know, musculoskeletal tissue. So if you're currently eating less than... I would say, because you're in recovery, two grams of protein per kilogram body weight a day, Mm -hmm. then that is one area to improve upon. So that's first and foremost. Injury specific, you take 20 grams of collagen and about 50 milligrams of vitamin C, which is super easy. You just like have one of those like tabs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You have it an hour before doing any of your rehabilitation work. That has been shown to help accelerate repair and recovery. So you can buy collagen peptides super easy. But my point is, that's what you should be doing. And if you're not doing it now, you need to start. And it needs to be about an hour before your exercise because right. that amino acids will peak into your bloodstream and go. So that that's one thing. Glucosamine and chondroitin, I'm sure you're all over that. <laughs> well, I don't know what you just said. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay, supplements, which we know helps with – helps more with sort of osteoarthritis type right. conditions um, but you're old you might have some arthritis in there so well, yeah, that, you know that is what I've got osteoarthritis I, I had a physio that said that to me and uh, uh, it felt like a punch in the gut when you hear the, the word arthritis and then um, I said well what does it mean and she was like well I don't know if it hurts to run then don't run um, so I fired her and got a <laughs> <laughs> and my, man, the physio I'm with now Chris she was like Meh. she goes she goes the amount of like patients I see that are over 40 that have osteoarthritis, she goes, it's not a death sentence. Totally agree. Um, okay, so what was the thing you said? i got to write this down. Yeah, glucosamine and chondroitin. I'm never going to be able to spell that. No, that's right. <laughs> I'll email it to you. <laughs> okay. That's easy. Um, and so, um, so there have been studies to show it helps osteoarthritis right. pain. Uh, but finally, two other things. One is fish oil or more particularly something called SPMs, um, which are specialised pro- inflammatory resolving mediators or something. You've got the most boring acronyms. I know. I know. And as I'm talking, I'm like, shit, is this really boring? Um, and But curcumin as well. So SPMs and curcumin, and particularly on days where you feel more inflamed, you take them. That's good to know. And not just selfishly for me, but I suppose for anyone else that's um, dealing yeah. with um, you know, running or recovery injuries. I, I uh, put on my Instagram page that you were coming around here for a chat, yeah. and uh, there were so many people that had, had things they wanted to ask you. One of them in particular from my friend Benny, he said, I've heard Mickey say that runners should be taking creatine. What are the benefits? So many benefits. So from a running perspective, um, helps with recovery. <coughs> helps your bones, helps your muscles. It helps with um, sort of producing power and um, strength. So as runners, we need to be strong, as you've said, get back into strength training. So it will help us in the gym. And then from our brain, um, helps with our brain function, helps with our cognition, helps prevent depression, so much. 
Right. Yeah, everyone should be taking it, runner or not. Right. Another one from Mum Benny, um, the creatine guy. He said, um, same question, but about the supplement currants. I, I, I'm familiar with currants as yeah. well. What are, what are your thoughts on them? I love currants, and in fact, my I um, sort of happened upon them when I had a friend of mine reach out about three years ago, and he was like, "Mickey, have you heard about these currants?" I started taking them because I've got hay fever. His hay fever completely resolved after taking currants, and then you know when I posted about this on Facebook. All of these people said the same thing. The the current supplement is made from black black currants that are sort of they're grown in New Zealand, and it's a particular thing in the climate whereby we have super cold um, winters but really hot summers, um, and they sort of increase the amount of this phytochemical called anthocyanins, and that's what makes them good. It's this phytochemical which helps improve our antioxidant capacity, improve our ability to resolve inflammation. Uh, improves our neutrophil function, particularly in athletes. They show that you know you take a capsule of currants for seven days, and it improves our ability to recover from like a thirty-minute exercise. So you've got that. So it helps improve your neutrophil function or your immune function, which is super important because if you can't consistently get up and train the way that you need to, then you're never going to get to the start line as fit mm, as you can be. Yeah. But if you can take supplements. Or and arrange your diet in such a way that you recover properly and you're able to hit those sessions the way that you want, then you're always going to perform better, right? Yeah, absolutely. So my experience with, with Currents, um, they they just sent me like a free few packs. I, I did this charity charity event maybe four years ago, three, four years ago, where I ran five marathons in five days. Yes. And in the lead up to that, they just sent me a package out of the blue saying, hey, you should try these, they might help. So I thought, whatever, I'll, go, I'll give anything a go. Yeah. So so I tried them. I got through the, the five marathons in five days, which is like 210Ks over five days. I, I got through the five days fine, actually. Like, yeah. it, was, it was fucking hard, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I got through it fine. And there was no way of knowing, really, if the currents had anything to do with that or not. But I've been taking them ever since, and um, for, like, for long runs and stuff, they definitely help. They definitely do. And I'm, I'm a sceptical prick when it comes to a lot of like supplements and things like that, and I reckon there's placebo effects. So if I take something and there's not a noticeable difference, I assume it hasn't worked, which is probably quite a negative way of looking at it. But with um, Karen's, I've found it's a tangible difference on me anyway. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So, the you know, I talk about uh, research around it, and, and there are clinical trials. You know, these are studies that have been done in actual both athletes and people who aren't athletes. And so in addition to that um like recovery response, they show that, so for that one study, which I just mentioned, a follow-up study for that was they continued to take the currents for a month and then continued to see improved mm. like recovery from it compared to not taking the supplement. There have been just so many different ways with which they impact your physiology that sometimes when you talk about the things that it does, it almost seems like, how can one supplement do so much? Because it impacts on our um, antioxidant system and our anti-inflammatory system um, and also on our ability to burn fat. You know, I was saying just before that that is a real limiting factor for us endurance athletes, Mm. in part because our modern diet isn't set up to encourage it. Anything we can take and strategies we can employ through training that help us improve our fat oxidation is only going to help with our um, with our performance, but also our recovery. And, and another benefit of the currents, it sounds like an ad, 
Um, oh, I know. This is um, this is this is very authentic. Actually, it's an, it's annoying just to prove it's not an ad. So they they sent me some free ones before I did the five and five, and um, as I said, I liked them and I, I I got through it okay. So I thought maybe this had a part because it was the only thing I was taking. So since then, they've sort of got me hooked. No, no, I so get it. So I, yeah. buy, I buy my own shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, <laughs> so they got a customer out of me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I, I just, it's, um, it, they, you know, some of the studies looking at fat oxidation, again, both in females and males, show that it can enhance fat oxidation during steady state endurance wow. exercise. So if you have something which allows you uh, to burn more fat, you're going to create less free radical mm-hmm. damage. You're going to go for longer, and you're going to enhance the impact of that session. Like I- I'm like you, Dom. I'm a bit of a skeptic, in part because often I've taken supplements and not really noticed any change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've definitely um, benefit from taking currants as well. Oh snap! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if anyone's curious, it's um, currants, C U R R A, and then N Z, like yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I post about them all the time. Right, I oh, do. Fact, yeah, you're a big yeah. fan. Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah. And but anyone that follows me would know that I'm not just an influencer out there promoting loads of things. Like I promote what I really think people benefit from. Right. So go to Karen's and the discount code Mickey15. No, no, no discount code. <laughs> Just Mickey, actually. <laughs> is there actually? Yeah, there is. Is there? Yeah. Uh, have you got a discount? I'm going to start using your fucking discount code. Oh, mate, you should. How much, what do you save with Mickey? Oh, well, you save uh, 25% off your first order. So, hey, you're probably out of that now. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to set up a fake email address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Karen's, C-U-R-R-A-N-Z, and you, what's your discount code? Mickey. M-I-K-K-I. M-I-K-K-I, yeah. Right, all right, get amongst it. Someone, uh, oh, Holly Gregg says, uh, why all the hype around protein lately? Ah, so I think I've... What, what, what is it? I've missed this. What's the hype around protein? In that how important protein is. But I feel like protein's always been... Uh... Yeah, and, and it has, but I do actually feel like often there's this, you know, there's this, um, there are two camps, either eat your carbs or don't eat carbs, eat fat. Um, and then protein was missed for a long period of time, I think. Uh, but... I think one of the hypes around protein is that we're often told we eat too much protein. But one of the things, Dom, is that if you look at the recommended dietary intake for protein, it's set at 0.8 grams per kilogram body weight, which is a minimum amount to survive, essentially. All of the protein researchers suggest at least double that, which would be 1.6 grams per kg body weight. It helps regulate appetite. It produces neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin. It helps... uh, stabilize blood sugar, keeps you fuller for longer. It takes more energy to burn protein. And it, it all of lots of factors which people who want to improve their body composition, improve their recovery from training, does so much. So that's wow. probably, Holly, why there's so much hype around protein. Amber Clyde, she, she wants to know about the effects of sugar-free drinks and weight loss. Ah, well, if you currently are having sugared versions of these drinks, if you swap them out, then you're saving a bunch of calories that will help with weight loss. Um, what, are your, yeah, what are your thoughts? Because I, I love soda. I, I have like Coke Zero, Coke No Sugar. I, yeah. I love it. I have maybe one a day, one yeah. or two a day. Yeah. Am well, I evil? No, not evil. <laughs> Actually, you know, there's, there's a ton of research around this, and you get people in different camps. When I was a nutrition zealot about nine years ago, I would say don't have it because it'll cause cancer. Um, because the aspartame? Aspartame. Uh, yeah, s- yeah, aspartame. And actually, that's one of the most well-studied constituents of the diet in science. And the most recent research would suggest, uh, like, across the board for weight loss, it's helpful, which makes sense, right? Because you're not h- having the same equivalent sugar calories. 
One thing I would say though is that if you're someone who drinks it and it gives you a sweet palate and it makes you crave more sweet food, then that's maybe where you might want to look at it. And also drink water if you're needing to hydrate and then have fun and drink Coke Zero. Check out um, Bio Lane or Lane Norton. He's got great information on Instagram all about the the sugar-free soft drinks. Okay. And how much water do you drink? Because, you know, people say eight glasses a day or whatever. What are you, what are you, what are you getting down here? Yeah, I probably get about, um, I would say about three litres, but it's not plain water. So I love the New Zest good green stuff. And so I have that with some aminos and some creatine. So that's about a litre. I make it in a litre bottle. And then I also have this electrolyte called Element. And it's sugar-free, so it's got stevia, but it's got a lovely flavour. Uh, and um, so I probably have another two litres like that, sort of. Aren't you oh, pissing all the time? No, nah, because because <laughs> of the electrolytes, you don't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But also, so you're you're tiny. That is a lot of lot of fluid. It is, it is. But I talk a lot, so I get yeah. dry mouth. Yeah, and I do love. I love like the soda. Like how lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah how good. Um, someone wants to know: Are there any special nutritional needs that us fifty plus ultra endurance athletes should consider? Creatine, protein. Amino acids, if you're a vegetarian, fish oils, and I think that would probably they're, they're the ones that immediately mm, spring to mind, mm. really. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's going to be me next year hitting the five zero, and I feel like I'm just are getting you? started on my. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you are, Dom. You're sort of like you've got years ahead of you as long as you follow my nutrition advice. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> True, There's though. so many drastic changes I need to make if I follow. Well, do you know Ooh. what though? This, the thing with diet is that you can get diet overhauls. By making changes to habits. So, you know, if your problem is that you eat lots of fast food, it's your the habit you need to change is just to prepare more food. Mm. You know, that's a one habit change, yeah. but it has so many flow-on effects to diet, and that's often what mm. I find. No, the, the, the thing is with me, like if you if you told me what to eat, I'll, I'll just fucking eat it. I'm boring, and I... I I think I'm slightly Asperger's-y. Or, <laughs> so I, so I, I just eat the same thing every day. I, I, I'll get up and I'll, I'll put two bananas in a, in a smoothie with a bit of milk and some ice cubes and have that. I have like a, what? Nothing. Oh, you just gave me a look of like, <laughs> a look of sadness or something. <laughs> <laughs> then at lunchtime I'll go to New World next door and I'll get like a maybe a bit of ham and cheese baguette or something from the display case. Then in the evening, every night I could have like just broccoli and something else. Broccoli yeah. and salmon or broccoli and steak. Yeah, yeah. I hear that, Dom, and I just think there's so much opportunity for you. How great is that? So much opportunity <laughs> to improve and ensure your running excellence heads into decades. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, when they get to sort of our age, like yeah, late 40s, 50s, they're sort of winding down the clock. Mm. And I heard a podcast with um, Gary Vee, who's a real motivational guy, yes. who I really, really like. And he was like, imagine a sports team when they get to half time they're, they're not like just winding down the second half they're just yeah. gearing up for the second half you have and that's to. the way you got to reframe it yeah you do everything in life has to be reframe, reframed as what opportunities are out there mm. you know like my mum loved her bits and I hope she doesn't listen to this but she <laughs> what a chance <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right yeah. actually I remember her saying to me adamantly last year that she wanted to live to 103 how old is she now 67 right why why 103 
because we have an uncle that did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I just... Competitive. I can see where the competitive <laughs> streak comes from. Exactly. <laughs> but I sort of felt a bit sad because I wondered whether her wanting to live to this ridiculous old age, because to me that's way old. Like, I don't want to live till I'm 103. <laughs> You'd be so bored, eh? I know. You wake up every morning going, oh, I'm still here. Again, I, I think my nana was like that. <laughs> she Mine was as well. Yeah. She was like 86, 87. And yeah. every time I said goodbye to her and live in, I'd, I'd be like, see you next time, nana. And she'd be like, God willing, Dom. <laughs> but she was ready to go. She yeah. was Peace. Yeah, my my nana was the same. Um, but I sort of wondered whether, in part, she, she sort of made those comments because she felt she hadn't really lived the life she wanted, you know. And and also, you need to make the most of your I don't know your late decades. I think I feel like I'm gearing up now, and I I felt sad that my mum sort of was like, I really need to live for this extended period of time because I haven't really done what I really wanted to do in my life for the first 40 years. So I need another 40. If, if someone's made like some quite unhealthy lifestyle choices through their, their lives and they're sort of in their 40s now or whatever, is it too late to make a change? No. Never too late. Never, never, never too yeah. late. Oh, like, that's encouraging. Yeah, like if you like – the great thing with Instagram, right, is there are so many illustrations of people or examples like Joan who are like 85 and they are gunning it in the gym mm. and they are just killing it, crushing it in life. And yes, there are things that you can't change. Um, you can't, you know, you can't undo. I don't know, damage for you know, a host of things. Let's say, but you can always improve. And there are always examples of of um, making change and feeling better, doing better, being stronger and more fit and more capable and more confident. You just, you know, until you die then it's probably too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It <laughs> yeah. is too late. <laughs> yeah. my, my mum, she was a smoker, loved her diaries, till about maybe, I want to say, 55. And yeah. then um, pressure from the grandkids got her to stop. Now she's 71 and there seems to be no adverse effects whatsoever. She's and still running marathons. And, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think that like the research shows that the you know your lung, your, your lung capacity and, and stuff actually does, like it takes some years, mm. but you can really recover from from. Um, you know, however many years of smoking that, that occurs. Yeah. We'll wrap this up now, but yes. the best way to like follow you, engage with you? Would be um, Instagram, probably, at Mickey Willardin. Yeah. Uh, and then and you've yeah. got a link tree there as well, haven't you? So, I do, yeah. yeah, you, so you yeah. can follow your meal plans and do whatever you want. Exactly. Because you've done so many years of research and so much work, and we can all like benefit from the stuff that you've learned. Oh, thank you, Dom. And the great thing is information is so available, eh? So anyone could sitting in this chair have done exactly loads of people are like mm. me yeah yeah but loads of people are also like me and just get our information off facebook so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well dom thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it yeah hey, thanks mickey great to finally meet you and uh, yeah. sorry, you mentioned earlier one last thing you've got a 26k run tomorrow what, yes. are, what are you training for what's your event queenstown marathon i want to do a boston qualifier so for your so you're 45 now. Yeah. What's your so what demographic are you in? 45 to 49? Yeah, yeah it is. Four. And um and actually it's 350. So I'll do the the qualifier, but I want to try and get between 320 and 330, which for me right now means I have to train because I don't want it to be on the cusp of I have to rely on the fact that no one faster will will take all the spots. So yeah, because yeah. it's like a priority queue sort of. Yeah, thing. it is. Have you done Queenstown before? Yeah, love it. Do you? I've done it twice. It's amazing. Oh, flat. But you go to the airport, you wait by the baggage carousel, and there's those signs saying Queenstown Marathon, flat out beautiful. Oh, Bullshit. I know. <laughs> I know. I love the way they do that. I read that. Do you and think I love. that's a joke? Yes, gotta yeah. be. Yeah, flat out spectacular, and I'm like, people are gonna think it's flat. 
so not flat. No, there's there's one hill there. I think it's on the the edge, just as you're leaving Lake Hayes, and it's um not a long hill, but it's the steepest fucking thing. It it's is. Like a... you, have to, you, you may as well walk up it and conserve a bit of energy. Now, haven't they taken that out? Have they? Didn't they? So I've done it twice <laughs> because of false advertising. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I remember seeing the sign, and it said, "You lucky bastards, we've taken this out. You just go this way this year, or something like that." And I'm like, oh. God. But no, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it because it's always such a great event. Mm-hmm. It's a fun weekend. Yeah. And where will people find you afterwards? Uh, Eating your duck fat chips and yes. <laughs> Winnie it, Bagos? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. States uh, Alehouse? Uh, Searchlight Brewery. Searchlight Brewery. Oh, you have got a place. Oh, yeah, I do. It's like so many great microbreweries down that area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. And then, okay, so assuming you qualify for Boston, then you'll go, go to Boston 2024? 2024. Yeah. And then in between times, I, I, I just decided last night I'll do the 20 mile at the wild because that's easy. <sighs> It's fun. I'm not saying it's an oh, easy people gonna, to do. People are going to hate you now. No, you, I don't lost mean the that. Room. I don't, I know, I know. Um, but Tarawera 102 is my next big one after oh, that. Oh, the 102Ks? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. When? Next year? Uh, yeah, February. Mm. Yeah. And then there's a double dom at, at the Gold Coast. You can do a half and a marathon on the same weekend. So I think I want to do that too. So is it the half first and the marathon the next yeah. day? Or? Yeah. Mm. Fun, eh? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. My mates, they did it this year. And this sounds like a great weekend, really. <laughs> to some people, it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, but, but I, not I your agree. listeners. Not Lord, yeah, they yeah, love absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's so many, so many good events out there, eh, and so many good experiences you can have. All right, Mickey, you need to help me fix my knee, and then yeah. I'll see you on the Goldie. Yeah, awesome. All right, hey, thanks so much. Great to finally sit down with you. Love your yeah, work. Thanks, Dom. Thanks so much. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. I really appreciate having you along for the journey. I like to think it's getting better. (laughs) There's the occasional week where I think it's gone back a bit, you know, two steps forward, one step back. But I appreciate your persistence as I learn the ropes with this podcasting game. Also, if you don't already, hit the subscribe button um, because apparently most people don't. And I don't know what difference it makes, but it does make a difference. Thanks to all of you who have left reviews online or given the podcast a five-star rating. Honestly, A shit ton of work goes into this, and because I'm still learning the ropes, there are days and weeks when doubt creeps in, and I wonder if I'm doing the right thing. On those days, reading those comments and reviews, it really does mean a lot, and it snaps me out of my imposter syndrome. Uh, Like, here's here's one that was left on the, um, the Apple platform. Love this podcast, and I'm not even a runner. Dom is a great interviewer, and even the guests I know nothing about are so interesting. Keep up the great work. Um, Thank you very much to the person that left that. If you want to message me anytime, my email is domharveynz at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram. DomHarveyNZ is my Instagram handle. All right, thanks for being here, and hope to see you next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code... Dom 20. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 